yeah. you take ayahuasca. Yeah. And it was a fucking nightmare. Everybody else is dancing and I'm screaming, where's the shaman? <laughs> Mama ayahuasca comes to you and I'm like, she's fucking here. She needs to go away. <laughs> We need to find where oh, to do this ayahuasca oh, shit, man. He he was telling us he microdoses shrooms. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, do you? With it. Um, like fasting. Yes. I do it too. Oh, you do? Yeah, not right now, but I do it for usually every first of every year. And I will drop, I use it to lose weight. Yeah. But I'll drop like 25 pounds in a month and a half. I know. It's yeah. wild. It's crazy. Yeah. How long are you doing it for? Well, I go to Orange Theory and um I stood on the scale for the first time in like years and since COVID I've gained like 30, 35 pounds and I was shocked. I was like shook. Oh, no. And so anyways, I was like I'm going to get it, my life together. Um so yeah, so it's 6 hours of eating, so and then 18 hours off. And so I start at noon and I'm done at 6 p.m. and I've lost weight. Yeah, it's really Wild. easy. I do. Um, I said, "Oh no!" By the way, because we all gained the the COVID thirty. Oh, I think sure. everybody did. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm still self conscious about when I like I look at myself. I'm, I'll go edit these videos or cut them or whatever, and you can see like my boob like sticks out and like folds over. I'm like, mm-hmm. I had man boobs. Where did these come from? But, I mean, your wife might think it's hot. Who I knows? totally. I mean, he's got bigger boobs than me. Shoot! Dang. All right, I'll take it. Anyway, yeah, I'd usually do like a. I would eat once a day between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m., whatever I wanted. And because I, I, I cannot diet, dude. I just love food so much. And that is the hardest thing for me to do is to be able to shut off like sweets or ranch. And, ranch. Oh this God, kid goes ranch. through like a gallon of ranch a week, I swear. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Just it, put a not just any it. ranch, though, Ken's ranch. No, it's not Ken. It's Greg. Greg's. Greg. Oh, Someone like Greg. That. Tony's Someone. ranch. Tony's, Tony's ranch. <laughs> Do I need to make my own ranch company? Austin's ranch? Yeah. Okay. To go with Slagle's bagels. Slagle's bagels. I love it. Anyway, guys, I guess I should probably do the intro now. Uh, welcome to the Failure Podcast. We are here with Haley Parker. It's I'm, I'm so happy to have you here. Haley is a realtor here. Uh, she's helped us many times, and I have so many questions for you. Like, things that I wanted to ask you off of this. And I probably was like, she has no time for me. I don't know how this is. She's not going to answer, be able to answer any of these questions. So first, tell us about yourself. How long have you been doing this for one? Um, so this is my seventh year in real estate. And um, I just kind of, honestly, I don't know how it happened. I like took off running. It was like luck. I, I don't know. Because um, real estate has a 85 to 90% failure rate in the first year. Whoa. Yeah, it's really high. So people Facts. get into it and they just think that they're going to make a ton of money. They're going to sell a lot of houses. And then, yeah, reality hits them. So I uh, definitely lucked out. I have a really big sphere. And um, the majority of my business is past clients and repeat referrals. Yeah, I was going to say, because we, like, I would never use anyone else now. Like, I mean, you gave us an experience and not just, like, somebody that was helping me sell her by my house, you know? Uh, And that's probably super important to hear too, because it wasn't just like, hey, uh, we have a realtor, you know? It's like, oh, did you call Haley? You know, like we, like it felt like it was personal. Uh, I mean, to this day, we hear about people selling their house and we're like, who's your realtor? Do you need a realtor? We know somebody. (laughs) 
I mean, our first house was 700 square feet. It was so old. I'm pretty sure it was a shed that they just like converted, <laughs> converted into a home somehow. Um, granted, the property was beautiful, but I thought there was no way that we would ever sell that thing. And somehow you made it happen. Yeah, so, I'm still amazed. I had no idea. <laughs> so you knew right out of high school, like you want to do this when you were a kid. You're like, oh, I'm going to be a realtor. No, definitely not. I had no idea. But I mean, um, I did not have the best childhood. So I was like, whatever my parents do, I'm going to do the complete opposite. And so like, I need to buy a house like first thing. And I was a waitress at the time. And I was like, um, like you can make great money there. But I was like, okay, I'm going to save a bunch of, up a bunch of money. I'm going to buy my first house. So I bought my first house when I was, I think I just turned 20. I might've been 19 or 20. Um, and then I was like, okay, well now what? Because like, am I going to like go to college? Am I like, what career am I going to do? And my agent at the time, I was like, that looked pretty easy. I think I'm just going to get my license. <laughs> and we'll see what happens. How long did it take you? Is it pretty easy? Yeah, it's uh, 90 hours in Washington state. So it's, it's pretty easy. You just take a state and na uh, national exam and then mm -hmm. you're licensed. So I feel like one, you take it to another level though, because you have, how many, how many clients are you typically dealing with at one time? Like on a busy season, like when you were selling our house, for instance. When I was selling your guys' house, I averaged about um, 17 to 20 transactions at once by myself. Yeah, that's a lot. I can't even handle like four people texting me. And like I wake up to like four texts. I can't imagine how many texts you wake up to a day. Yeah, well that, so to put it into perspective, the average real estate agent with like 10 years experience, they sell about eight houses a year, eight to 10 houses a year. And the year that I helped you guys, I sold like 84 houses. Um, but I also like had a, a mental breakdown. <laughs> I like burnt out. I was like sobbing, crying at midnight. I had like three offers to write. I didn't take a day off for the sing like a single, that single year. And I was just like, I don't know if I could do this forever, Kyle. And he's like half asleep, like looking at me like, okay. Oh, bro. So, <laughs> yeah. Go. We do that every, like, probably it's, like once a week. At least. Maybe more. Yeah. To be honest with you. I so, mean, owning your own business is a whole thing. It is. It is. It's really re rewarding, of course, but um, it's a mental game for sure. It's 100% a mental game. And it's more, I feel like you go through these phases, you go through these cycles, you go through these cycles where it's like, like the highest of highs. Yeah. And then you have the downs and the lowest of lows. And then you're like, what the fuck is going on? Why is everything not going great? It was just, I just sold 20 houses last month. Why am I only have three? And it's, I have four days, you know, but then something happens. Clicks, you make it, everything's usually okay. So it's just balancing that mental ride or like the wave, I guess you could say, of business, which is failure, success, growth, failure, success, growth. And yeah, dude, I just, even to... Like I said, even to this day, we're, we, we cry on the weekly, dude. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I cry almost every day. What are you talking about? He cries about, almost bro? every podcast at some point. <laughs> no, I didn't, Evan. I cried the first podcast. I'm going to get hurt by this, okay? So far, two out of three. No. We so. did a practice episode, and I got too drunk because I drank too many Barrel Mountain breweries. Shout out to Barrel Mountain, by the way, for uh, supplying 
the failure podcast with this delicious beer. Today we have this, uh, this Amber Ale Ash Cloud, and I'm going to crack it. I would love one as well. Okay. I'm sorry. That was so rude of me. Here. Excuse me. Hey, guys. We're sponsoring. Uh, Barrel Mountain is sponsoring this podcast. It's this Ash Cloud Amber Ale. Devin, do you want a beer? I would love a okay, beer. Thank you so much. So, I'm so sorry. Oh, that was so oh, rude of me. Can you. I crack mine now? Cool. Thanks. I guess I'll take a beer. Or do we want this to show them? No, you can take that. <laughs> okay. She said, I guess I'll take one. Anyway, yeah. The ride is wild, dude. Um, Cheers. 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 That's so good. Delicious. Um, it's really good. Right. <laughs> she's like... <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. Anyway. Yeah, dude. The... The, the amount of times, the amount of mental shit that you go through is, is unreal. So how do you stay mentally how you, fit? How do you stay fit? Like, what do you do? I, you, you started this class mm-hmm. that you're selling to. We can get into that later, but what do you, you do personally? Yeah. So my mornings are really important. Um, so I wake up, I drink like uh, 30 to 50 ounces of water and then I have my coffee. I sit down, I meditate for at least 10 minutes, like minimum every day, every single day. And then I journal about the things that I want in life. And then I meditate on the feeling of having it. So as if I already have it, how would it feel? And I do that every single day. Okay. You meditate. You said so many things there that I'm like, what the, Oh, okay. One getting up in the morning, you get up in the morning and you're consistently like you do that every day. You like look forward to it. It's my, the favorite, my favorite part of the day. That's rad, dude. That's really cool. Because most people, it's hard to get up in the morning. Like yeah. most people are like, oh, I have to go wake up. I have to go to work. I have to wake up and feed the dogs. Whatever. But how, what, so That's what, my morning. How, do you, how did you learn how to freaking meditate? Oh my God. That would be like a whole nother podcast. Dude, is it, can you like legit, like you're talking like, like meditate, um, like you're in the, yeah, you're oming. Um, well, I, um. I do love a good chant, but I'm not <laughs> chanting. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's Sanskrit and that's Got a it. whole different okay. form of meditation. I'm super I'm just curious yeah. because I always feel like when you say like the stereotypical meditation is yeah. like sitting in a cross-legged, yeah, you're like, um, lotus pose, yeah, yeah. hands yep. up. So how do you, what is, does it put you in a different state of mind? Um, there's so many forms of meditation. So the first one, when I am like sitting down and I initially meditate is I'm just there to clear my mind. Cause normally when we wake up, we have repetitive thoughts of the days that we did previous and they're mostly negative. So it's just to like, every time my mind wanders, I just bring back to bring it back to the present moment. And I just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Um, because I used to disassociate a lot. So I like would feel like I wasn't here. Like I would just feel like it was a dream. I was just going. Um, and I want to be present. I want to be connected. I want to be with you guys when I'm here. Um, and then after that, I write down everything I want. Like it can be huge, like, you know, a house overlooking the Columbia River or something. Mm-hmm. Um And then after that, my second form, so the first form of meditation is just bringing my thoughts back to the present moment. My second one is feeling the feeling as if I already have the things that I just wrote about. And I think that that's my favorite part because like who wouldn't want everything they would ever dream of? And like, you can feel as if it's happening. It's a visceral experience. Um, 
This sounds like drugs. Uh, I mean, sure. <laughs> like it does, dude. We did the last guy, Spencer, we had on the podcast before this. He he was telling us he microdoses shrooms. Uh huh. Yeah. Which is like super common now. I've heard so many people do that. Yeah. Um, do you? I've tried it. <laughs> She's like, yes, I do. It's the secret. <laughs> no, actually, I don't. I tried Off it, record. and then I just like I feel like. I took too much once and I had to show my house. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay. What I just happened? started freaking out a little bit. I just had to give myself like an hour and I was okay. Oh my gosh. Uh, but it was not a good time. I was like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> That's hilarious. Just imagine walking in there and be like, you, so you see this beautiful purple. Wow. <laughs> and here's a portal to next year. <laughs> Where does this and door go? The wall. Oh no. Oh, it's just a closet. <laughs> you gotta check out this carpet. <laughs> What's that movie with Russell Brand where he like strokes the furry oh, walls because he gets so funny, yes. Oh. Dude. And uh, who is it? Is it Seth uh oh forgot his name but the dude's like following him around he's like stop stroking the wall smoke the joint just smoke the weed I was thinking about um, this is 40 when oh my god the, I think they they smoke too much pot or something but she's <laughs> she, she crawls across the bottom of the room <laughs> pretending to be and he's like oh, do you see the mouse or, there goes a rat wow there it goes <laughs> and she's like crawling in the towel okay sorry this, you have to watch that movie it's great okay so no shrooms. Yeah, no, we show houses sober now. That's rad. <laughs> That's rad. Uh, How long did it take you to curate that type of morning? Um, that got me going. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I like how do how. Like far down how, the rabbit hole do we want to go? Because it was far. far. A far? far. Okay. Yeah, yeah far. Okay. Um, like, so let's see. When did you when did you realize that you needed to put this routine in place? Yeah. Uh, I'm really bad with timelines. So let's say 2018, I was working a lot um, in real estate and I was like super depressed. Like I didn't go to my son's soccer games. I missed all of them because I always had to work. Um, like my kids didn't even know who I was. Kyle was like a stay at home mom. He'd cook, he'd clean. I would like come home super late. It's like wake around up the time when really you sold our morning. first house, right? Um, was that 20, 2018, I feel like this happened a little bit after. No, no, no. Um, this was before. I think it was before. Sorry, it's super unrelevant. Yeah. I'm just trying to gather what you're talking about. It was about. before. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, my friend, I was like sobbing, crying at this real estate conference. Um, and she's like, Hey, have you like read The Power of Now? And I was like, no, but I literally will do anything to not feel this way. Um, and she's like, you should listen to it. So basically it's about being in the present moment. And um, and so I listened to it and I fully felt like I went through a spiritual awakening. I was like, what is happening? Because then I started to question every single thing in my life and what I was doing and why I was doing the thing. And before I'd never questioned anything. I just did. Yeah. Um, and so then I started like evaluating everything in my life and anything that didn't feel good. I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so from there... I learned what meditating was, like manifestation. I got really into it. I was like, okay, let's just see if it works. And it was crazy. So my first thing I would do is I'd write down how many clients I wanted under contract. And I would, at that time, uh, in 2018, 
I had, you know, pretty good amount of business, but I would have like, say I had two clients under contract. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to have eight clients under contract, but I wouldn't have any in the pipeline, like anybody lined up. And like within two weeks, I'd have eight clients under contract and I'd be like, fluke, I don't believe it. So then I'd do it again. Um, once those clients closed, I did it like five times and it worked literally every single time. And I was like, I still don't believe it. <laughs> like there's still something weird. Dude, manifestation is super, super powerful. It's yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm a firm believer in manifestation. I put things in the air a lot just talking about them. We've been really bad. You probably wrote it down, right? You wrote it in a journal yes. type thing. Yeah. I have, yeah. A, I have it all. Yeah. See, we, I'm, that's the part that I miss. Like I mentally am there. Like I mentally have the same, I feel like mindset as you when it comes to wanting to do all these things, it is just doing them. Like, like when I leave here and I go home, I'm like, Oh my kids. Hi kids. I'm going to hang out with you for the next 20, 30 minutes before we have to go to bed. And then we have to go take a shower and then we have to brush our teeth. Where does the time come for you to be able to make that time, you know, but I think that's the, this is the, like the third one in a row, third podcast in a row that people have talked about this, that they actually do this. You're not the only one that does this. Oh, really? Yes. Mm -hmm. I promise. And I mean, what, but I, I don't mean that in a bad way either. Like they're like, that's a good thing. You know, every people do it for a reason, obviously, but manifestation and being able to talk about something and talk about what you want and set goals, like, and writing it down is a massive difference than just what I feel like I do right now, which is just, I want to do this. I want to start a podcast. Well, here we are. <laughs> Manifesting that shit. Yeah, you did. Okay, so you manifest stuff, you write it down. Mm -hmm. What else? Um, so I just ended a nine-month somatic therapy course. What's that? That was really fun. Um, so instead of like, talk therapy, how you just talk about your problems. Somatic therapy is body-based. So it's, you guys are like this podcast, they're going to be like, this chick's weird. Are you sure we should buy a house from her? <laughs> like I said, um, the guy before you has a pig and oh. he does shrimps. Okay, cool. Sorry, so. Spencer. That is so not a good representation. He's a great dude. And <laughs> but like, Shout trust out me, to like, plant-powered marketing. Plant-powered marketing <laughs> yeah. for you. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if we're going to go down the rabbit hole, I might as well Dude, send it. go down the rabbit Why hole. Why not? What do you have to, what do we have to lose here? Okay. So two years ago I did ayahuasca. What the frick is that? Oh, you don't know what it is. No. Okay. So it's, I should, but I don't. It's a plant medicine ceremony with a shaman and you drink it and you journey for like nine hours. It's really long. Um, it's not legal in the U S normally you have to fly outside the U S. Um, but I found a place that, uh, it's under a church so they can serve it. And, um, okay. Is it like alcohol or what? Like, is no, it just a, it's is, like, uh, like, so like an herbal tree. I, I yeah, want you like to get to the point. I'm sorry. I don't want to like, take forever. And then like, uh, or capsules, um, things like that. Okay. But ayahuasca is, is it not a drug? I'm trying to understand. Oh, yeah. It's like a hallucinogenic okay. drug. <laughs> that was my question. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So it's a drug. Yeah. You take ayahuasca. Yeah. And it was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It was 
horrible. Everybody else is like tripping balls. Like people are like dancing, like having a good time. And I had my first panic attack. I had never had one before. And I didn't know what was going on because I was on drugs. (laughs) And so everybody else is dancing and I'm screaming, where's the shaman? Were you like just seeing shit or were you just like, you don't even remember? Everything was going so fast. I like literally felt manic. Like I was like, I was like, so they say that mama ayahuasca comes to you and I'm like, she's fucking here. I'm like, she needs to go away. Dude. Unreal. Okay. We need to find where to oh, do this ayahuasca oh shit, man. Oh. Okay, so you did ayahuasca. Then what? Um, well, yeah, anyways. We found Mama Ayahuasca. We found her, and uh, it was not a good time. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, so they say with ayahuasca, you have to come. <laughs> you're dying. I didn't even, like, tell you all of it. Like, that was nothing. I thought that I met God. I thought I died. <laughs> I literally thought I died. I went through all of the phases of grief. I said goodbye to my kids, goodbye to my husband. I made peace with the fact that I was going to die because I didn't think I could breathe. I convinced myself you're not getting enough oxygen. You're dying tonight. Like literally. It was horrible. That sounds miserable. So you, it's almost like a rebirth. It was. Yeah. Well, they call it an ego death because they say afterwards, it's like, you're like, oh fuck, what just happened? And what's going to happen now that I'm sober? Yeah. Um, so that was a nightmare. And then what came next was even worse. So I started having panic attacks after that, which I had never had before. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Am I crazy? Like, was it the drugs or did I just like have like a some weird thing happen to me? Like, I didn't know. And the guy that was next to me uh, doing ayahuasca, he's like, oh, yeah, that happened to me last time. I'm like, why the fuck are you back, dude? <laughs> why are you doing it again? Why? I'm like, I'm never doing this again. And he's like, you won't feel like that tomorrow. I felt like that tomorrow. I, I, feel, like, like, I feel like that right now, bro. <laughs> I'm oh, never no. The next day they're like, really good job healing last night <laughs> I was like um, that was the worst night of my entire life oh, and they're just like gosh. it's normal yeah they're like you know huh. like let's do it again and I'm like alright guys I think I went too far down the rabbit hole I'm gonna have to peace out now <laughs> dude what is wrong with that people that is wild okay so uh, where did you do this um, so it's called Cosmic Valley Church hmm. and um, right then I don't want to do it. I would not do it. I'm I'm curious in a sense of like, one, I want to look up this freaking place that you're talking about and just like, can, is there any pictures of it anywhere? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, We can beat that out if you want me to, by the way. The whole thing? No. The fuck no. Don't (laughs) leave that whole thing out. That was great. (laughs) Please. (laughs) That, the, the church place. Okay. So you're supposed, the reason I was telling you this is you're supposed to come to ayahuasca with an intention because what they say ayahuasca does is they show you ayahuasca shows you the places that you don't want to look at in your life that you know you're avoiding and then you have the choice to change it. So mine was like, why can I not slow down? And like make it a priority to see my kids more. Why am I working so much? Like I don't understand because I'll try to slow down and I'll like 
get into scarcity. Like, oh my God, well, my business, my business is going to like, you know, crumble and I won't have any clients anymore. So I have to work and I have to do this. And I, I knew it was a lie because I had, you know, a great business. And I knew, I, I just knew that it wasn't true. I wasn't buying what I was telling myself. Um, so after the ayahuasca ceremony, I definitely like, uh, started looking at my life differently, prioritizing my kids more, especially because I thought that I died. And so now I'm like, I miss you. I, I totally, I'm like, I just love you guys so much. Can we, like, we snuggle tonight, like, guys? Can we have a movie night? <laughs> For re- well, they didn't think that, but my husband was kind of like, uh, are you okay? And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, so in the long run, like now, oh my gosh, it like changed my life. I am a completely different person. I'm way more embodied, way more present. I really enjoy my life. I like really prioritize my life, what I say yes to, what I say no to. I have great boundaries. Uh, my business is thriving better than it ever has, but I have way more time like to do nothing, like just nothing. I can like sit on my couch and not feel like guilty for that, which for the longest time I was like, I can't do that. Um, but I would never do it again. <laughs> okay. I'm not looking at her because I want to go to fucking ayahuasca. I want to know how that was. Okay. Maybe that was part of your journey, but that wasn't the key. You know, that's not like the, that's not the only reason that you, um, or was it, was the ayahuasca the reason why you made that, that, because if that's my key and I need to go do ayahuasca, I'll go do it tomorrow. Um, yeah. Fuck Devin. I don't want to die. You're not going to die. Bro. I don't think you're anybody's died on it. Like you're going to die. Yeah. But I, I mean, the after of it sucked. Like I had never had panic attacks before. And yeah. then I started having panic you attacks. You still, you still get them? Um, so then I joined the nine month somatic therapy training. Oh yeah. That's where we were. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I basically learned a lot about the body, how trauma stored in the body, um, our defense mechanisms, like why we do the things that we do. Um, and I did a lot of somatic therapy, which is basically like breath, sound, movement, touch, presence. So like if you're sad, they like, uh, Stacy, it was like a huge group. She's the f- facilitator, um, Stacy Matulis and it's called, uh, alchemy somatics. So she will say in front of the whole group, like, show me what it looks like. And you'll like go into the position and she'll say, show me what it sounds like. And you'll like do that. And then people start crying. It's crazy there. It's like, you feel like you're on drugs because they're like crying. And then on the other end, they're like, oh my God. And then they like never have that feeling again. It's like it left their body. It's wild. Oh my gosh. (laughs) How uncomfortable was that? hated it, but now I'm so comfortable in my body, mm-hmm. like so comfortable in my body. I was in hot yoga the other day and he's like, okay, everybody take a deep breath. And I'm just like, ah, like just let it out. <laughs> Nobody else did that. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just like comfortable in my body now. Just like I'm not, care. yeah, I don't like care what people think. Did you I ever care? Yeah, yeah. A lot. What's going on, guys? This episode of the Failure Podcast, it's sponsored by Plant Powered Marketing. Now, listen, I could sell some of the greatest coffee in the world, but if nobody can find me on Google, if I rank crap page 10, no one's buying that, right? So one of the biggest things is contractors, or if you're in the service-based industry, 
that we struggle with is being able to be seen on Google. Okay. Plant powered marketing, Spencer and his team, they will take your low ranking website. They will knock it up to number one. They use visual aids to be able to show you the progress as you go from low ranking to high ranking in whatever zip code you want, by the way, they'll, they'll hook it up. They specialize in web design, SEO, and overall digital marketing is, is just their echelon. Okay. And it's the nice part about this too, is these guys focus on strictly contracting or service-based businesses. So they know the unique challenges that you guys face. They know what you guys deal with. They know the, the struggle of finding leads. Okay. They're amazing. It works. You guys go check them out. Go to www.plantpoweredmarketing.com right now. You can schedule a free consultation with Spencer and his team. You won't regret it guys back to the program. Boom. Everything I did was for like a reason. And now I just am like totally myself. I think I lost that a long time ago. Yeah. The the fuck to give. Yeah. Because nobody really gives a shit about you. No. And that like the sun's going to go up. Sun's going to go down. Moon's going to come up. Moon's going to go down. And, you know, we like none, none of that. No, when we, when we all fucking die, we die in the same spot, like in the ground. When you're in the ground, after, you know, who's, who's going to fucking remember you after that? I mean, I guess, okay, that maybe that sounds bad, but. Pessimist. No, I don't mean it like that. I just mean like nobody, when you, when you die, we all, we're, we're gone, right? So you have a life to live. So why waste it giving a fuck about what other people think about you when we're all going to end up in the same spot anyway. Their opinion is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. But most people, I know very, a lot of people like this, but focus all of their attention onto what it is that other people think about them. And the only thing they can talk about is what other people think and other people's problems and other people's bullshit. I'm like, what? Don't you like want to talk about something else or like a good thing or a positive thing, but it's always just like negative, bad shit. So I don't know where I'm going with this other than the fact that I fucking hate that. And that is so not me. Yeah. Yeah. It bugs well, me. I mean, you know, if they grew up in a world where their parents made them like do specific things for praise, like get good grades or, you know, like score a goal in soccer, then they think that in order, you know, to succeed in life or be of value that they have to show their worth or try to find it externally. So, you know, um, it's so unconscious. They don't even know that they're doing it. Most people. Right. You almost have to like, like, Hey, do you know what you're talking about? You're saying right now, do you know that you've been saying the same thing every day for the last four and a half weeks? Oh, that drives me nuts. That drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. Like the same thing. But yeah, the the mindset thing is super important. I mean, being able to know your worth and know, you know, who you are as a human is so important and just being you and like being able to say no, you know, you said like, oh, I learned how to say no or not to say yes to everything because it's so hard. Like, especially when you're a business owner, you want to be like, I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. And then next thing you know, you have 30 things on your chest and you're like, Oh, uh, you know, then you, then you end up lacking on half the shit that you said yes to, but yeah. So what do you say no to? Do you notice repetitive habits of things that just kind of fall off the bottom of the list? Well, first of all, I feel like I'm doing people a disservice to say no, because when I say yes, I actually want to be there. 
like fully be there with the people that I'm there with. Right. Um, and I mean, I have lenders call me all the time trying to like meet for coffee because they want my business. Mm -hmm. um, and for a while I would say yes, because I felt bad. And then, you know, I'm not planning on giving them business. Like I know who I'm working with. I trust them. I'm an extremely loyal person. So why would I waste their time pretending like I'm going to use them or you know, just for a $5 cup of coffee. That's a thing. Right. Like people like hunt you down. Oh, because they look up my numbers. They're like, I looked up your numbers and, and I'm like, no, not doing mm -hmm. it. I'm sorry. So what do you base your relationships off of? Like, how do you like gauge those? Like who you work with? Or is it just basically somebody that you've been with for a long time? You're committed and you built a relationship. No. So I have done that. And then that lender grew and grew and grew and grew and started adding a lot of people to their team, which was great for them. Super successful. But it was like the clients always felt passed off. They didn't know who to talk to. Um, they couldn't get a hold of people. Uh, one person would have no idea what's going on in their file. And so I'm. my thing is, is that when you are having a transactional experience, it is not you know, Haley was a great realtor. It was overall the transaction kind of sucked or it was great because everybody's playing a part. So if the lender is dropping the ball, that's actually directly affecting if the client will use me or not. Or mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm dropping the ball, I could lose, you know, clients, potentially multiple clients if, um, this is making you, it's a representation of you. Absolutely. Yeah. The whole thing, it's an entire experience. And so what I base who I use off of is how responsive they are, how, um, how, like, if there's a problem, if they know, like, multiple ways to fix it, looking at every angle, things that we haven't looked at, how to save the client's money, um, and then making sure that they're not just trying to make the client buy at their max pre-approval if the client wants to stay around a certain mortgage payment. So someone who's not super pushy and um, like for me, I don't even look at how much I'm going to get paid on a transaction. That that just comes later after the fact. It's like I'm just there to serve that person and uh, financially that's just a benefit that I get at the end, but it's not even something that I base the client relationship on. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's, I feel like, I mean, we kind of experience similar stuff too. Just as we grow, you know, you have people that work for you and those people are a direct representation of you. And I think that's something that people forget, mm -hmm. you know, a lot mm -hmm. of times people just want to do whatever. But that it, I mean, when you go work for an employer, so that's, that's kind of like the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. You have a lender, you have these people, whoever you're working with on this. So you're not really by yourself. You still have to have a team. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And the people that you work for, who you associate, your with, associate yourself with is, is huge to your success. Yeah. I mean, same with you guys. Absolutely. Like, I feel like um, the customer is always right, has went out the window. Like, that doesn't exist anymore. And I feel like you definitely structure your business around like client relationships and maintaining that and nurturing that at a high level. We, that we believe Thank in you. that a hundred percent. That yeah. is, I mean, that's not even just like, I feel like people look at that nowadays and they're like, but they're not always right. It's like, well, one, who cares? Okay. Take the fricking chip off your shoulder. Like who cares? Yeah. The customer a hundred percent is always right for the reason, not only one, because 
they're paying you for a service, no matter what their expectation is of that service, you should match it. But number two, when that person comes back and they leave, and even if they were an asshole to you and you didn't like that customer, working with that customer, if you put up with that shit and you showed them a better experience than the last person did, they're going to tell someone. Oh, yeah. So you just, even though that person was an asshole, Mm -hmm. you could still have the potential to earn 10 people from that one person. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, the fact is, is that statistically speaking, if a transaction goes perfect, great. But if it actually has bumps in the road and the agent who, or what in whatever situation remedies that correctly, you will get more referrals out of that transaction that wasn't perfect because of how you handled it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cause yeah, people talk and they, and they want, it's not even like they need their, um, situation fixed. They want to be heard and validated. Yeah. And really that's it. Hurt. Yeah. yeah validated and hurt. Yeah, for sure. No, I completely agree. You could, you can like, even when like you have an upset customer, or somebody who's pissed off about something, you just like, just talk it out, you know, make them feel better. Mm-hmm. And offer some type of solution, even if it doesn't come to fruition necessarily. But like, hey, I know that you had an awful experience, but here's what we're going to do to fix it. Yeah. yeah. Usually the response to that is, oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Super yeah. happy that this is getting addressed. Yeah. I feel, I feel, I feel like that's, that's 95% of the reason why people are upset in the, in the, well, half the time people are just pissed off because they got something else going on in their life. Yeah. You know, people, which I feel like we're talking about pissed off people, but <laughs> not every, it's, okay. a very, it's a rare occasion to be honest with you. Yeah. In, in our industry in particular, most mm-hmm. people come to you and they want to cry. I've had more people cry through the drive through because they're upset or they're sad or they're having a bad day versus like angry people. Yeah. We work and I, counseling. In any of those situations, the <clears> best <throat> thing I say is, I totally understand why you're feeling blank. Anybody that was experiencing whatever they're experiencing would feel the same way. And then it's like a weight off their shoulders. Like it's not just them. And it's, and it's mostly true. Like I totally understand why you'd be feeling that way. Anybody who is going through that would feel it. And then, whoosh, okay, they can let it go. It's That's not a good one. As it's perspective. Big of a deal. Yeah. It's people offering people a perspective that, you know, like, no matter what it is that you're going through in life, that there is somebody else experiencing the same thing. But mm-hmm. perspe- perspective is important to me because I feel like it's the, your ability to put yourself in another person's shoes, you know? And if you had, like, perspective is also different for everybody. So, like, your perspective on what your struggles have been in life may have been, you know, maybe you, maybe recently you experienced death, you know, somebody passed away and you're, that was very close to you that, you know, you could don't know what you're going to do with, with your life. And that was your most impactful moment in your life. And you, you, you were the saddest, you most depressed you've ever been. I could have had something completely different, but it was the saddest and most depressed that I've ever been in my entire life. Overall, they may be different severities of, of issues, but we felt the same way, mm-hmm. you know, like that was the deepest, like I've ever, or, you know, people forget that oftentimes when you look at somebody who's struggling with something or has an issue, maybe your issue and you're like, ah, get over it. You'll be fine. And maybe that person really is like dealing with something that they is life or death to them. Cause that's, as, that's the worst that it's ever been. So I try and, I try and remember that a lot 
whenever you're dealing with interpersonal relationships or work relationships or even friends is like everybody has different perspective on struggle and mine may be way up here and yours may be way up there. You know, you just don't, you just don't know ever. So tell me about this course that you're doing. Um, the one I'm launching. Yeah. So it's called that dream life masterclass and it's a four week somatic based course. And essentially um, the thought process behind it is to help people create a life that they're excited to wake up to. Um, and I truly think that anybody can feel that way, like regardless of how they're feeling right now. Because the thing about, like you just talked about, like depression or something, is when you are in those states, you do not have access to the part of your brain that has rational decision-making. So the part of your brain that remembers what it feels like to not be depressed is gone. So of course they're going to be like, they'll see my course and be like, well, not me. I'll be like this forever. Or like, even if they have anxiety, well, I, that part of your brain is shut down, gone. You don't have access to it. You can't rationalize with yourself, but it doesn't last forever. And so my job um, is to help people know that. So when they are in those states, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, that they know, they recognize, oh, I'm in a uh, trauma response or a heightened state of emotion, and this does not last forever. It will not last forever. And so that means I don't have to identify with the thoughts that I'm having at this time mm-hmm. because they're, they are skewed. <clears throat> um, and so in the course, we'll be going over everything from breath work, how to regulate your nervous system to a more grounded state to feel more calm, present, decrease anxiety. Um, we'll be doing somatic-based practices. So um, one th- it's very, very in-depth. Um, like a practice that we do is you write with your non-dominant hand a letter to your parents of something that you needed from them and something that you didn't get. And then you read it out loud to the group and people have cues of like what you needed and then they validate that. So like if um, whatever it is, it's broken up into like zero to six months and then say one to three years and all of these stages in which you develop certain traits that you needed in life. And if you didn't get that attunement, and then you're searching for it in mm-hmm. the world. So whatever they need, you validate that. Like, welcome to the world, sweetheart. We're so glad you're here. You'll echo that back to them. And you're changing the neuro pathways in their brain. And you are, um, you're, you're changing the way they see the world, like the lens in which they see the world. Wow. Um, and so it is, it's not necessarily always easy. I have a lot of people cry in the course, but at the end of it, it's like they have more resiliency. How long is the course? Um, so my last one was six weeks, but then we extended it for three months. Um, but we just did, we just met once a month afterwards because sure. it just didn't feel right to end it so soon. And the feedback that I got is they wished that it was longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's actually shorter. It's only four weeks. Um, but I think that my next course I'm going to launch will be like a nine-month program. Nice. And so we'll be together for a long time. What made you want to start doing that? 
I think like with my own journey, seeing how much it impacted me. And I was like, how does everybody not know about this? Like literally you are hacking your life. You are changing your life. Like you're, you're, my life just got exponentially better. Like everything felt better. I saw the world in a different way. I started being more kind to people. I didn't care if I was in traffic for two hours, like just everything felt better. And I'm like, how do people not know about this? It's like a secret. It feels like a secret. So where do we go? How do we sign up? Um, yeah. So this isn't a plug and it's half a plug, but I'm genuinely curious. Yeah. So doors open, um, the second week in June on Monday and they close that Friday. Uh, and then we begin the third week in June. Do you have like, are you just doing it inside of your house? Oh, it's on zoom. Yeah. You can be from anywhere. Yeah. And, uh, do you want to take it into, to be something personal, like in in person person? only if I did a retreat? Yeah. Yeah. Like a set, like away from somewhere where like people would go for like a week at a time. Yeah. So like my nine month somatic retreat, we did two in-person intensives for, I was there for a week in Topanga each time. And then the rest of the time we were on zoom. No shit. Wow. Yeah. Did you have to pay a significant amount of money to do something like that? Yeah. It was (laughs) $12,000, but it was worth Worth it. It It changed my life. That was 12 grand. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. It changed my life. I believe you. I'm yeah. just crazy in a sense of like, like how did you, how did you, well, to me, one, okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean that disrespectfully. It sounded like a lot of money to be able to, you, you, you were desperate. Oh. Like you were like, I'm going to, I need to fucking do this. Well, I've spent so, like, I, I, I spend so much money on coaches all the time. Do like, you? yeah, that's like, to me, when I heard 12, cause I, um, I did Hungry for Happiness, which is a life coaching program. That was nine grand. I I got certified to do breath work. That was six grand. So to me, I already know those numbers. So mm-hmm. it didn't feel desperate. It was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, great. Let's sign up. Wow. But um, that's me, just I'm where like, I was I like, at. Look, I like look at that or the, like the way that sounds. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to find $12,000 yeah. to go spend on Well, you can like do that. payment plans. I have someone in the group that's paying $100 a month. And nice. she pays it off. Like, you know, it's really just for whatever anyone. works. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, it's, cool. I mean, I still have coaches. I have a business coach that I meet we with. You can cut this part out. What does it cost? What do you charge people to do for yours? Oh, really cheap. I um, charge $500 a month. Uh, oh. That's one on one. That's so cool. That's, that's a, that's fair. I feel like. Yeah. Well, that sounds more reasonable so I, char- so my business coach, Deanna is $1,400 a month and I've been seeing her for six months and she's phenomenal. But like, uh, the lady I wanted to hire was 60 grand a year. And so I was like, eh, nope, I'm wow. not paying you five yeah. grand a month. Do you feel like that they, they make a drastic impact in your life? I feel like you can find a really bad coach that really fucks you up. Yeah. <laughs> and a really good coach. And I've had both. Yeah. 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 When I was going through my panic attacks, uh, my friend Sarah sent me to this lady. She's like, oh my God, she's like so great. Like, you know, she's going to take such good care of you. The lady was fucking lunatic. She told me that I am uh, being attacked in another dimension because I'm a win- I'm a witch hunter in a parallel life. And um I'm being attacked and that's why, that's why I'm having my panic attacks. 
Yes. And I was like, what? Like, huh? And she said um, so much shit. She's like, oh, it's the towers in Switzerland. They're sending out bad frequencies and everyone's being affected. But like she was a lunatic. Oh, man. A lunatic. So it depends on who you have. I was like, Sarah, where did you find this lady? Like, where? <laughs> what she's kind of great. I don't know she what she's, Yes, she literally thinks she's great. And I'm like, uh, and so I'm not really friends with her anymore because I was like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I separate that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how do you feel like, this is, this is something I want to, uh, I'm going to try and spit this out as best I possibly can. But my, my question here is, when you put money into something, like, and... Oh gosh, how do I say it? You spend fourteen hundred bucks a, a month on a life coach. Yeah. Do you feel like you get that back? Oh my gosh. And more. Yeah, but it depends on who they are. Like, you got to find a good life coach. There's a lot of people just trying to make money off of you. Okay. And not just a life coach. Yeah. Food. Yeah. When you go eat out, say so you're like, hey, time versus money type of. That's what I'm trying to get at. Time versus money type of. Uh huh. So if it, I'm gonna spend you know, 50 bucks on going out to eat, but I can, I can make that 50 bucks back quicker, you know, if Mm -hmm. I, versus like cooking myself food and doing all of this stuff. Like, do you do that for instance? Like, just like eating out? Um, so I have a, God, you guys are going to think I'm so bougie. So I have, uh, someone who meal preps for me and drops off my food once a week. Oh, heck yeah. Um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That is fucking bougie. Dude. Everything that came out of your mouth is bougie. You drove a fucking Tesla Model bougie. X, too. I'm bougie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm recently divorced, and I went on a date, and the guy called me bougie. And I was like, I am bougie. Like, if I have another kid, I want to push present. Like, dude, that's how bougie I am. I'm going to be honest that's with hilarious. you. I think it's fucking rad, though. 100%. So I, I love that you owned it, for one. But number two, like, it makes me be like, Wow, what the fuck? What are you doing? I want to be on your team. I want to do what the fuck you're doing. She's selling 84 houses a year, bro. Ayahuasca. It's ayahuasca, ayahuasca, bro. <laughs> <laughs> to do the ayahuasca, I need to go get a life coach. Corey, do you it have a life coach? the Switzerland Towers. <laughs> yeah, they're working with my right favorite. Do you have a, like any, to- any sort of uh, like mentor or somebody that you pay a month? Okay. I was just curious because you're also somebody who I like look at. I'm like, you're a very knowledgeable person. So I'm just trying to think. You, I, I think you have to calculate your hourly rate. And then once you know that, you buy your time back. And yeah. I, buy, I buy my time back. I, you know, with everything. I have, you know, cleaners that come to my house. I have someone who uh, comes to my house and uh, details my car. Uh, everything. I'm like, okay. I, you know, if I want to go to obviously, you know, my kid's soccer game, I am constantly buying my time back and it always, I get a return on my investment. <laughs> After this, he's going to be like, we need to go buy our time back. Let's go to Margarita factory. Leverage everything. <laughs> no, it's not just that. It's like we battle this constantly, this, this like inner thing where you're like, I don't want to spend any money on it. We were just talking about this before we, we, we were BSing about this. And it's like, how do you gauge like what you should spend, what, what like you should spend money on realistically. Mm-hmm. And cause we're constantly trying to be frugal. We're trying to save. We're trying to not just save. We're trying to make the proper investment. So like putting that, it sounds like, like for one, 
you you make a lot of uh, you know you spend you spend money on things that are going to allow you to be able to do other things so that way you can let your money work for you more or less mm-hmm. you know do you do you have any investments other than like your business I should say well I have to say I'm not a financial advisor and this is not financial advice this is just what I do preface Yes, I really want to preface that. Um, Yeah, so I put $100 a week in the S&P 500 um, because real estate agents, business owners, we don't have a retirement. And that is what I'm thinking about every day. Like, I'm not obsessed with it, but it's something that, you know, we need to think about it. Um, So I do that. And then with each check I receive, I put a portion of it into like a stock of my choice. and then I have um, short-term rentals that I get residual income from. We have I have a long-term rental and then two Airbnbs. Uh, yeah, so I you know I want residual income that I don't have to you know work hard for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want money to work for me. Were you ever in the dirt? You know what the dirt is? No. The dirt is like this. You're, you're like, before you had all that shit, is there ever a point in your life where you were like, I'm fucking working for this shit now. I'm putting in the time, I'm putting in the hours, I'm sleeping on the floor in the basement, just drinking out of a hose outside. I got no water. Yeah. Were you ever in that moment? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's like where manifestation gets a bad rap. People think that they don't have to put in effort for it. They think that they can just sit in meditation and imagine all the things they want and it will just fall in their lap. You also have to take action. And yeah, there was times when I started my real estate career that I wanted to quit and I thought it was never going to take off and it was really hard. And when I first bought my house, I was negative in my bank account all of the time. I would like all of the time I was negative in my bank account. And um, my first car was a gold PT cruiser with a muffler. Okay. So, you little know. Little dark can. Yep. It was like. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So started from the bottom for sure. And, you know, I had the odds stacked against me. Like I didn't have a good childhood. I didn't come from rich parents. They didn't teach me how to save. They didn't teach me how to invest. Um, so, you know, I kind of had to fall down many, many times and get back up. You ever had to? Uh, you ever had to choose not to work with a client? Um, I did. I've only ever fired one client, but he was like creepy. He was like he would text me and be like, "Can you come over?" but his wife wouldn't be home. And so I would put them back in the group text and I'd be like, hey, blank, I'm not gonna say his name, uh, you know, wants me to come over at 5 p.m. Do you guys need to go over anything? And he'd be like, I didn't mean to text you. And then he would text me in Spanish, all of these like mm, risque things. And so I just, you know, had to let them go as clients. I was like, I don't think we're a good fit. Oh. Yeah. That's awkward. That's creepy, dude. Yeah. Have you ever over-promised and under-delivered? So had maybe a house that you valued it way too high and weren't able to hit that point? Um, Or have a house sit on the market for too long? And how did you handle that? 
Um, definitely. So I think property on land that it's like mm -hmm. really unique and doesn't have a lot of comps for, mm -hmm. that's hard for any agent to comp because we have to look sometimes two years back and then calculate what the market's doing right now. Um, and so it's, it's typically if properties are like way overpriced, it's mm -hmm. because you don't have really good comps for them. And I have that conversation up front. Mm -hmm. I say, look, you know, this is where I, th I judging by the market and I'm, you know, I sell a lot of houses. This is where I think we should be priced. I'll be the first one to eat crow if we sit on market. If we don't have an offer and then I'll tell them what the average days on market is in that amount of time, we miss the ball somewhere and we have mm -hmm. to do a price adjustment. So I set the expectations up front that this conversation is going to be had if we don't get um, the buyer activity that we're hoping for on the house. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. There are thousands of realtors. Mm-hmm. What sets you different and what, like what, why should somebody work with you? I don't look at them as a paycheck. And I think most agents look at clients as a paycheck. Um, I have clients that I work with sometimes up for like two years. They're looking at houses, never pressure them, never make them feel like they have to make a decision. I never make them feel like I'm getting annoyed when they're looking at houses. It's like the first day that they looked at houses is how I show up every single time I show them a house. I'm literally not on a time frame for them to find their perfect house. And so if they look for three years and decide to move to Texas, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Like I'm happy that they made the best decision for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm also very responsive. So like on my Zillow reviews, I feel like 90% of them is like, she answers her phone all of the time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You are. Yeah. How do you do that? Like right now, you haven't looked at your phone once. Uh, I did put my phone on airplane mode. Shut up, for real? Yeah, you I guys. My phone has been buzzing for the last 30 minutes, and I'm like, stop. What's on fire? Bro, just did it. Good. Yeah. I know. It feels so good to put your phone on airplane <laughs> it really does, mode. does, actually. I feel great. Okay, so. Smart. So, yeah, you haven't looked at your phone once, but how do you how do you maintain that? Like, I'm responsive. Like, do you, are you, when you're at the the soccer game. Do you just do this? You put it on silent and you get back to it as soon as you can? Because I feel like even with us, like, dude, you, I called you, you answered right away. You still do, even mm -hmm. though like I, we haven't worked together in two years, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if for some reason I'm, you know, doing something that I can't answer my phone for, I'll text them and say, Hey, I'm showing a house right now. Can I call you in 20 minutes? Yeah. That right mm -hmm. there is the expectation. And so, Hey, I'm at my son's soccer game. Let me call you when it's over. Yeah. Right. Um, so my clients right now, when I'm done, I have to send an offer out. I said, Hey, I'm going into an appointment. I'll send this out as soon as I'm finished. Right. Mm -hmm. So they already know that I'm not available for the next hour. Nice. Yeah. So honesty up front. Yeah. It's key. Transparency. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the, especially in your industry, it's like people just want somebody that they feel that they can trust, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like it's with everything with business, even with coffee. Yeah. For real. No, I'm not. I mean, people trust me with their caffeination. I was going to say something bad. We should, I shouldn't have said that. Well, I think, but I didn't, I think doing the right thing. Like I will, if I drop the ball somewhere or if, you know, somewhere the, along the line, something's not right. It's, you know, correcting the issue. And I'm sure that's, you know, the same for you guys. You don't want to, 
you're not in the business to piss someone off for no reason. It's like, yeah. okay, let's, let's create a win-win. And how do we do that? So financially, how does this shit work? So when you sell a house, this is something I feel like one, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this, like Fugazi, Fugazi shit, like how realtors and real <laughs> and lenders get paid is, is, unbeknownst to me. I just don't, I just don't understand it at all. Yeah. So I understand most of the time when you sign a house on a contract, right? So like when we work with you, you take a percentage of our sale or our sale, the sale of our house. So does your cut come out of like, what, like when you, when we buy a house, like how, how does your shit work? Yeah. Just let me go. explain it. Cause I feel like an idiot. Okay. So the listing agent that is listing the property, the one with the for sale sign in the yard, she takes the property or he at a set set commission and they determine that seller to listing agent. The buyer's agent does not have a say in it, okay? And so in Washington State, uh, maybe I shouldn't talk percentages because <laughs> all agents are completely different and someone might come back and yell at me. Okay, um, okay so they take it for a percentage, right? And then the listing agent out of her commission gives X amount percent to the buyer's agent. And that is shown on the listing. So sometimes if it's discounted and they like want to make more money or maybe um, they negotiated a lower commission with the seller so they can't give the buyer's agent enough, sometimes agents will not show that property Mm because they are not making as much commission. Um, And so... It does come out of the net proceeds from the seller. The seller pays both sides. They pay the listing agent and the buyer's agent. When you're purchasing in Washington State, you don't pay an agent because the listing agent is paying the agent, the buyer's agent. Does that really? make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So buyers do not have to pay. It's free representation, basically. And then on the sale side, it's more expensive. You have to pay both sides in Washington State. Got it. Okay. Thank you for cleaning that up for me. Yeah. Because I feel like that's even, a little like Wild West for sure. Well, I feel like it's just something that nobody talks about. Like, you like, I don't know, like, yeah. honestly, like, how the frick do you make your money, dude? You're just around showing all these houses. Mm-hmm. So, how long after you sell a house do you get paid? Um, it depends on if you're picking up a check or direct deposit. I just pick up my checks from the title company, so I get paid that day. Really? It, yeah, but okay. if it's direct deposit, I mean, you know, depends. If it's on Friday, I'll get paid on Monday. Why should do lenders make less money? Um, I don't know exactly, so I could be wrong. So don't come at me. Um, from what I know, lenders are typically on salary, and then they get bonus bonuses and commission. Right. Okay. And so when buyers have closing costs, a portion of that is your title fees, prorated property taxes, appraisal, and lender fees. Got and it. that's how the lender gets paid is mm-hmm. under your, the buyer's closing costs. That's okay. crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Well, if I wanted to sell my house tomorrow, how would we start the process? What's the first thing we would do? The first thing you would do is connect with a real estate agent and they would schedule a listing consultation to come over And um, it's either a one or two step process. Some agents do a one step, which they come over. They already have comps for the house on like low, medium and high. So if they come over there and the house is like a shit show, great, already planned for that. Oh, it's great, great, already planned for that comps wise. Um, And then they go over 
how to get your property ready, what to expect, fees associated with selling, um, the process of selling and contingencies that a buyer may or may not have to terminate a contract. Uh, They schedule photos and uh, they get it listed on market. Two-step process is they don't pull comps. They go answer any questions the seller might have, make a game plan of what they need to do before photos. Once they see the property, then they pull accurate comps and they decide on a price and list the property. Okay, you ready to put this up for tomorrow? Yep. Yeah, let's sell it. Your house. Yeah. No, we we love our house. That's not true. We love our house. Devin, we went over to our friend's house the other day and Devin saw that they had a really nice property and she was like... Don't you miss the other house? Like, I, no. Yeah, I have a property in Yakult, but I'm not sending you back there. Because how many times did you sleep in your house? <gasps> Rarely. Yeah. Rarely. I don't. Yeah. I just I just don't. I I feel like drive is so convenient now. I'm being close to everything. Like the fact that we were literally like- we like, walked here yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And people don't realize how much a commute makes a difference in your day and like that time that you spent driving. Yeah. I used to work in, I worked in uh, Tigard for two and a half years before we started devs or like before well, I. Well, when we lived in Yakult, he was driving to Tigard. Every day. Every single day. Yeah. It was like a two and a half hour drive, dude. Yeah. Terrible. And I was paid salary, organ tax and gas. No raise to go over there. Sounds Just gross. Very gross. It was stupid. Okay. Fully loaded question. How is the market? The market right now is... It is a loaded question. (laughs) We're still getting multiple offers on everything, but interest rates are insane. So like on paper, you would think them. So typically the feds raise their interest rates to slow down the market. The interest rates are raised. The market's not slowing down, which is like not really supposed to happen. Like that's Mm. how they slow down the market is they just jack up the interest rates. Buyers are like, oh my gosh, you know, they get scared or my mortgage payment's too high. It's not happening there. We're just cruising with like, you know, six, seven, 8% interest rates. And they're just, you know, everything's still selling. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really good. We're doing good. And and the buyers will refinance when interest rates drop, save, you know, a lot of money. So do you when it when it slows, when the market slows, do you do you bank on refis type thing? Do you get money off of those? Lenders get Lenders money off of them. Okay. Yeah. Agents don't. So what, what happens when the market slows? So when the market slows, I will lose my house. I'll lose my I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> they take away the kids. <laughs> um I say for a rainy day. Okay. I'm ready. Yeah. So, so what's if the market crashed tomorrow, I'm I'm good okay. for a while. I have time to figure it out. And I think that that's where it went wrong with the last crash mm-hmm. is that, you know, people thought that it would never happen and mm-hmm. then it did. And then a lot of agents got out of the business, they lost everything. I don't spend above my means. Um and I you know, have thought about like, if I wasn't doing real estate, what would I do? But I think that if that happens, I'd be doing a lot of bank owned property, a lot of short sales. Um, you are still selling real estate. It's just looks a lot different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude. So if you weren't a real estate agent, what would you do? I mean, I'd probably be a therapist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you kind of already doing it. You kind of have your own second thing. I mean, yeah. How do you like, yeah, I don't know. I How don't do know. you manage your time? 
because something else we haven't talked about is you have two school age children. You're doing all of this plus handling all of your clients. How do you have the energy for all of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is that all like down to your morning routine? Well, I prioritize my self care. Mm-hmm. I prioritize my workouts multiple times a week. I mm-hmm. prioritize time for myself without the kids, um, time with the kids. Every If something's not on my schedule, it doesn't exist. So mm-hmm. I know exactly what's happening. You know, if I got in a car accident and I was in the hospital, someone could open up my calendar and they'd know everything I had to do that day. Mm-hmm. And they would be able to, you know, contact the right people. I, I live and breathe off of my schedule. And so if it says, you know, I'm supposed to work out at 9.30 a.m. at Orange Theory, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so I am you know, I, I prioritize myself at a high level. Cause I know when I am prioritizing myself, everything runs smoother. Everyone's mm-hmm. happier and I'm happier. That's a good one. Yeah. We're lacking. How do you, that how do you feel yet. about that, babe? <laughs> like we really need to improve that in our life. <laughs> like how? I've got a planner. <laughs> yep. But how do, how do you, how do you feel about that? When she says you need to prioritize yourself, what does that make you think? makes me motivated and like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. We don't prioritize ourselves at all. Yeah. And as a business owner, you have to, you will burn out. You'll start. Um, We've been burned out for like two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I was burned out too. I totally was. And I hit a brick wall. I literally felt like I had a mental, mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, fuck this. Can I cuss? Yes. Oh yeah. Never again. You've you've said fuck a lot. Oh, I have. (laughs) This is the first time I've noticed. (laughs) No, dude. I feel like we 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 don't think about that. We don't talk about that at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. we talk about like we have to do this. We have to do that. We have to do this. Like, what's the? Do you think tomorrow I could take a shower alone? Yeah, dude. (laughs) Even something as simple as that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you guys need to figure out what your hourly rate is, and then figure out who you can leverage. And how you can start buying your time back and what's important to you. We did start. We recently hired uh, somebody to basically a babysitter, more or less, or a nanny, I guess you could call it. Mm -hmm. But we recently hired somebody to hang with our children so that Devin could not be stuck at home with our kids every single day by herself uh, for how long? I don't even know. It It was, no, it was way longer than that. But you don't realize how stuck you get in those like those ruts, mm-hmm. you know. And there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom. There's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home dad. But when that's all you do every day, and you don't ever give yourself a second to take a break, and you don't ever give yourself a second to take a shower or freaking anything like you know a walk, get mm-hmm. out of the house. I mean, heck, we're we're two weeks into this and I already feel like a better mom. I feel like a better business owner. I feel like a better just person in general. Patience is is something that drastically improves too because I feel like when you hit those moments of when you're just, I don't know, you're just burnt out or you're just done, you're just, you have zero patience for anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, environment's a huge part of it. And I think the scariest part is when you start telling yourself, this is just how it is. And then it's like, absolutely not. That's not just how it is. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, that's just a story you're telling yourself. A belief is just a thought you keep thinking. 
I don't know that I feel like this is going to be forever. It's a little scary sometimes to think about being in those, I don't know what you'd call it, just in that that shithole for so long that you kind of get used to it a little bit. Yeah, shit's creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like it's forever, but I am I'm tired of it. But I try and use that as a motivation to to get out of it. You know, I try and use that and take action and do things. That's something that's different about us, I think, than the average person or the average couple, I guess you could say, is we'll go sit down in the office at home and we'll be like, okay, what do we got to do? How can we pull an extra $10,000 a month out of our ass? You know, what? what's step one? What's step two? And then we execute. Like, we don't wait. We just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And most people just just talk. It'll be like, um, I'm going to write that on my board and I'm not going to do it. We skip that part and we just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like we didn't even talk about doing the mobile events thing more than like one or two times. We started doing this mobile event shit and that's, that's generated a significant amount of other income to help us get out of the hole that we we're in. I called this guy who's sitting right here. He knows exactly what I'm going to say, but I called him and I was like, yo dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Like I have, I have no idea. I was like, do you, do you have any advice? Do you know, what, what do I, where do I start anything? You know, but you, you hit those moments of those lows of not knowing how you're going to make it out. And then there's people that act and there's people that cry about it. Mm-hmm. We're not the criers. I mean, we cry, but fuck. <laughs> we cry and act at the same it time. It always comes back to this. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with crying, dude. You just do the thing. You cry? You cry? Oh my God. I love a good cry. Like, love a good cry. I didn't even get a good cry out on the three podcasts ago. It was just a baby cry. And now I'm never going to be let down with it. It's going to be the thing. He's going to make fun of me every freaking time we have a conversation with somebody about how I cried on the first fucking episode. Because somebody did something nice for me. You cry, Corey? I feel like you don't cry, bro. <laughs> you need a shoulder? Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, if anybody needs a shoulder, I got you. Maybe not. It's a being wet shoulder. Feeling good right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll We're let you okay know in a week. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll wrap it up here. But once again, thank you, Haley, for coming on and chatting with us about your life, about ayahuasca. I'm... I'm, I feel like I'm going to have to do it now, but hey, maybe we could do it no. together. Corey, you want to do it together? Uh, she talked me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I no, hope I talked to everyone out of it, but apparently not you. It's the only way to change, bro. Uh, no, I do not. That If I said that, False. let's <laughs> that out. No, because I asked, I said, hey, what's, what was the, what was the flipper? Yeah. And you're like, yes. Point. It was ayahuasca. It was the fact that I felt like I hit rock bottom in that moment of, you know, never seeing my kids. So rock bottom. Yeah. But, you know, that was my rock bottom, which to someone else, they'd be like, that was your rock bottom. (laughs) (laughs) But to me, I mean, it was pretty scary. So, yeah. (laughs) Either way. Hey, thank you guys for watching. Please like, share, subscribe this if you can. If you found some value in this, I hope you did. I sure did. Ayahuasca. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Anyway, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.